The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the Sport of Kings. What else is there to talk about? As usual, I'm tuned in. It's TVG time. I'm watching the 4th of Meadowlands. I'm watching the Trotters, the Pacers. It's all about the action, I reckon. Even if you're not betting, it's a lot of fun to watch. And if you haven't been to the track and you know friends that do, travel along with them. I think you could waste a day doing just about anything in the world, but I don't think you'll have that much fun. Make a fan out of yourself. March is here, and that only means one thing, first Saturday in May. Yep, Derby Day. Comes the first Saturday in May every year. Mark it. It is coming closer, nine weeks away, and getting closer. I can smell the roses in bloom. can smell them. Going to play in a little handicapping contest tomorrow. A little $25 handicapping contest at Keeneland. I'm going to play with my dad. I think tomorrow, I've, I've installed him at 4-5 to five to win. Probably jinx him. Me, I'm not going to give you my odds because they're just double digits. We have a whole lot of fun. Keelan puts on a top-notch show, everything they do. Tomorrow's a $25 handicapping contest, and they do it. Actually, they take the top ten, they qualify, and they come back for the tournament of champions. Qualified the last three years in a row, had a good time. Dad's qualified. Friends are qualified. Brother's qualified. Everybody's had a good time. Keeneland, top-notch show. Speaking about Keeneland, there's a huge contest coming up. Coming up the grade one gamble at Keeneland. 3000 to get in. 3000 to get in. It's 1000 to enter. $2,000 live bankroll. More details forthcoming on this. 36 players, and trust me, some of the best in the nation. Some of the best in the nation. And Keeneland happens to be 80 miles away from me. What to do? What to do? Details forthcoming. Top three go to Vegas on that one. 36 players. Sweet deal. Grade one gamble at Keeneland. I got to lay it on you. The biggins are on fire. We're going to start with Friday, February 26th. We had 87 total biggins. Leading the pack, Delta Downs race number one, a super effect up. 35,968.40 in Little Delta Downs. Saturday, February 27th, 104 total biggins. Sunland Park race two, a super effect to key, 6,333.40. Sunday, February 28th, 76 total biggins. Get this, Santa Anita 
races four through nine. Pick six time. Ladies and gentlemen, please sit down. That's what my friend Kevin Gomer would have said. $63,202.20. Incredible. Try that on your own. Jeez, I couldn't get that with $9 billion worth of a try. What? 63202 a pick six at Santa Anita. That's incredible. Monday, March 1st, 33 total biggins on Little Monday. Louisiana Downs, the Superfecta in race number nine, $2,565. Nothing to sneeze at. I would take it all day long. Tuesday, March 2nd, 25 total biggins, $3,091 and... 20 cents at Hawthorne, races two through five in the old P4. Wednesday, March 3rd, 59 total biggins. Santa Anita races five through eight, a pick four, 9,626.20. Grab a hold of this one and laugh. Golden Gate today, race number five, super high five key, 21,254.60. Incredible. Biggins are just flat out rocking. And you got to check it out. It's easy to use. It's for the novice to the extreme hardcore player. It's got something for everyone. I don't think you're going to be disappointed whatsoever. Check out the testimonials. And the results do not change. The predictions do not change. You can go back and test it out. Take a look. See what it's got to offer. Handy-dandy icons. I like to say that because it reminds me, because sometimes when you're handicapping, you get so engrossed in what you're doing that you overlook the obvious. But they're right there, and they're kind of holding your hand. The speed ratings are not something that's just regurgitated out of other forms of material. They have a speed rating for the race, a speed rating for the last three, and a turf rating. I like that one the best. The turf rating, that's my favorite. I love turf racing. But they're all three super powerful. And then my favorite, and I'll say it till the day closes and that is the change of weather tab. Mother Nature gets ugly. Goes from a fast track to a muddy track. You can change it over. Turf was fast in the morning. Mother Nature got soggy. It's now yielding. You can change it up, and you get a new set of predictions. It's not the magic eight ball, but it's about as close as you can possibly come to it because it gives you a whole new set of criteria. It takes in all factors. Now, other services actually just provides you about 48 to 72 hours out they just say here it is take it run with it go with it good luck see you they charge you one flat price you get home it's a little bit late i'm looking at woodbine race number three okay i missed the first two or say there's 10 races for the races that you're going to use three through ten you only get charged for those not for the first two so it's economical it makes sense it's easy to use. It's good for the hardcore handicapper to the novice. It's got full expansive PPs. And as you heard, the biggins have been on fire. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Need to check it out. What's happening tonight? Recap of last week's races. We had a special guest who was lined up. Regretfully, she had an emergency, could not make it. Ms. Linda Rice was going to be joining us. But I happen to have a gentleman who is a real handicapper, a horse racing aficionado, one of racing's good guys, and a very good friend of mine, Mr. James Williams, the Cincinnati Kid. And trust you me, if you write down the kids' picks, 
you won't go wrong. You'll want to send him a thank you card. James is going to be joining us here. News from around the world of racing, plenty thereof. Final furlong handicapping with yours truly. And we're going to kick it off. We're going to talk about some recasts of last week's races. Gulfstream race number seven on the 27th of February. Winner is the five at Gulfstream. Aurora Lights, Cornelio Velasquez. Two and three parts lengths, drawing clear $23 to win. Impressive victory. Race number eight, the Devon Dale Stakes. Winner number one, amen, hallelujah. Many people are praying down the stretches. Julian Le Peru pulls away by six and a quarter lengths. On the inside and draws off, paying $6 for Dick Dutrow. Race number nine at Gulfstream, the very one stakes a grade three, a mile and three ace on the turf. Winner number 11, Changing Skies, Kenta Sormo. Gave him out. Wins by three parts of a length, four to one. He was 15 to one when I bet him. Goes off at four to one outside, up late. He wins and pays 10 bucks for Billy Mott. Oakland race nine, the Mountain Valley stakes six on the dirt. Winner is a six, Commandero. Monty Berry between the ears, winning by four and a half lengths, drawing clear and driving down the lane. 580 to win for Mike Stidham. Santa Anita race eight on the 28th. That's the Crystal Water Handicap. Winner number six, Compade. Garrett Gogo Gomez in the irons, winning by three and a quarter lengths. Speed on the inside and clear, 460 to win for Martin Jones. Back to the 27th we go. Race number 10, Tampa Bay, the wayward last stakes, a mile and a 16th on the dirt. The nine, don't forget Gill with the house king, Daniel Centeno in the irons, winning by two and a half lengths. This guy owns Tampa. He and Rosemary Homeister, the race is for show. These two just put on a display. Don't forget Gill, four wide, pulling away, paying 640 to win for Mark Hennig. He was a guest on our show once upon a time, remember that? Race number 11, Turfway Park on the 27th of February, the John Battaglia Memorial Stakes. This is the stepping stone for the Lane's End Stakes. Mile 16th on the all-weather service at Turfway Park, $100,000. Winner was number three, Kodoy, with Sal Gonzalez in the hours, DQ'd. Winner goes to the second-place runner, number six, Val to wager John McKee, also a guest, past guest on our show. Paying a whopping forty-eight sixty for Mark Hubley. Incredible numbers indeed. A little recap of last week. Also want to keep you up on this is Derby Future Wager number two. It is up. And let me run down the field here real quick as we got a minute. The one Aikenite fifty to one. American Lion thirty to one. Buddy Saint twelve to one. Cora Catado twelve to one. Katamaro twenty to one. Conveyance twelve to one. The Funny Bone thirty to one. David Dixie, 30 to 1. Discreetly Mine, 30 to 1. Dublin, 15 to 1. Escondera, 6 to 1. Jackson Ben, 20 to 1. Looking at Lucky, 6 to 1. Next Door Neighbor, 30 to 1. Nobles Promise, 30 to 1. Odysseus, 50 to 1. Radiohead, 20 to 1. Rule, 20 to 1. Setsuko, 50 to 1. Sydney's Candy, 20 to 1. Super Saver, 20 to 1. Tabit to Tabit, 50 to 1. Vale of York, 30 to 1. And the field is 7 or your two, and it closes 6 o'clock on Sunday. That is Kentucky Derby Future Wager number two. Well, it is time to head into a break. Already snuck up on us already, and when we return, we're going to be talking with this week's guest, the Cincinnati Kid, James Williams, but you're only going to hear it here on Winning Pony. And I buy the 
Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the sport of kings. This is segment number two, and this is where we have our special guest of the week. This week, I am joined by a very good friend, an extremely good handicapper, one of the nice guys of racing. You're not going to hear too many bad things out of his mouth because that's just the way nice guys kick it because they just kind of tell the truth in their own way. But the thing that you're going to want to write down in pen and not pencil is his selections. Mr. James Williams, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Kid. James, are you there? I'm here, Eddie. How are you doing today? It's good to hear from you, my friend. And everything I said was the truth. There is no check in the mail, my friend. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, starting to, I'm starting to sound like a friend, uh, Johnny Engard, aren't I? 
Oh, just a little bit, my friend. Just a little bit. <laughs> but see, with you, it's all the truth, though. I mean, you know, you're one of the nice guys to race. I don't think I've heard too many negative things out of your mouth. You're plenty out of mine sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I, I just get in that raw mood. But you know what? You usually shake me out of it. Kid, thanks for taking your time wrong. to join us. Uh, I know you're busy, and I know you do a lot. First off, for, for all you listeners out there, the kid is constantly on the maneuver with, it doesn't matter, trots, thoroughbreds, quarters. He's watching it all. He's taking it all in, takes copious notes. The guy is an extraordinary handicapper. James, tell us a little bit about yourself, some of the, uh, some of the action that, uh, you know, that you've done in the world of racing and uh, things that you've done, especially professionally. Well, mostly my experience in racing actually comes from the regular guy show out there at River Downs. That's where I got my start. Oh, it's been, what, about seven years now? Oh, man, That's you're getting old. So often. Yeah, I know I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I look at the calendar. I see my 10-year high school reunions coming up. I'm like, wow, where did the time go? Now you're making me feel old. <laughs> but anyway, I started out there just doing the show every now and then. And then I rolled rolled that into getting an internship out there at River Downs the summer of 2004, and I parlayed that into a, a venture where I worked for Beulah Park up until recently as their uh, PR guy and one of their handicappers and little media relations stuff with Jim, just a whole mixed bag of stuff. And it's been a good experience so far. You know, you're very positive. You're you're one of the most positive people in racing. I know. I always say it every week. You know, I, I haven't met too many bad guys or gals, and and in fact, it, it definitely applies to you. You alluded to the regular guy show. The regular guy show is one unto itself. It's a it's a vehicle where education is kind of tongue in cheek. We we have a whole lot of fun. Right. It's been going on for a long time, but there's a whole lot of handicapping that goes on as well. It is. And, and you, like you said, you learn a lot from that show, especially if you haven't worked with or are not familiar with the racing form. You learn a lot about where the stats are, where you can find certain trainers' winning percentages, how horses will fare on off tracks, on turf. It's really a great tool, the show as well as the racing form, into getting the real understanding of how to pick horses. Actually, the sponsor of the regular guy show right. and uh, why it's used as the main vehicle of uh, of education and educational tool and you know John Engelhart kicked it off with Kevin Gomer I believe years ago and then John kind of took it over and uh, he ran with it himself occasionally you hear John come on he's a tour publicist of America president he's right. the public relations man and uh, public publicity director at River Downs incredible uh, horseman he knows a lot about uh, breeding bloodstock and, and he's one of our good friends as well a little tongue-in-cheek there in the very beginning, but uh, I think an awful lot of him. He's uh, he's one of the guys in racing. Actually, today, kid, they were they were calling him about riders for upcoming movies. Really? Yeah, I'm I mean, not aware. You know, they're they're calling little Johnny Englehart, and uh, they're getting his feel about uh, some of the local riders. A lot of times, you're not going to get Johnny Velasquez. You're not going to get him out of that uh, that uh, five million dollar gig he's got each year. Or, you know, Alan Garcia. But you know, there are other riders that ply their trade and are very well, and they look good in a saddle. Right. And, you know, I'm only going to let one name out of the bag, just one name out of the bag that he's worked with in the past. And actually, John does a lot of coaching with these folks and, you know, kind of gets them all hooked up. One of them was Otto Thorworth. Oh, Otto Thorworth. Yeah. I think Otto, and he's the man. Oh, Otto is a man. He, and, he, and he rides very well. And, and actually, John got him hooked up. And, you know, it's kind of a lot of fun. You know, and it all leads back to, you know, we were talking about the regular guy where we all met. Right. You know, and, you know, and actually – 
that's kind of the way I got started and, you know, and, you know, led on to River Downs to a full-time job. Kid, I used to watch Buell all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'd see across the bottom of the scroll the Cincinnati kids' picks. Ah, the crawl, the beloved crawl. <laughs> I mean, every day. I mean, you must have put a lot of time into that. It, well, the crawl, after you learn how to do it, kind of writes itself. A lot of stuff is there, and it's, it's just mixing and matching, taking out the day before's info and putting new info in, except for the handicapping part, finding horses to watch and stuff like that. Now, that stuff can become a little time-consuming because you really have to be up on how the track is playing up there. I mean, if the track, normally if it was fast at Beulah, the rail was dead. So if you saw a horse that was dueling, stuck down on the inside, and then all of a sudden he's in a race where there's no pace or he has an outside post, you need to stick that horse in because he's going to run a lot better. And more often than not, you would get a decent price because his last race didn't look so good on paper. Sometimes handicapping the smaller ovals can be uh, can be tricky. You must follow them. A lot of times you can get smaller prices. A lot of times you can line them up. You get a little bit of everything. I'm going to let something out of the bag. Right. I confer greatly. Mm-hmm. Playing the Beulah Park Handicapping Contest, and eight of the 15 races are on Beulah. Who do you think that I call, talk to greatly about his selections? I'm uh, guessing that would be me, my friend. <laughs> You're tackled straight. You know how I did on Beulah this year? Where did you finish on that, by the way? Uh, about mid-pack. It, it actually, uh, Beulah card did me very well. It was the other seven that decimated me. Yeah. W- where I finished was I had six out of eight winners in a second, and then the other one was out, and he was like 10 to 1. I think he ran third or fourth. Yeah. But but everything that you talked about was right there, so you really kind of had the beat. When you can take a small track with small-time riders, I mean, that those are astute observations. Right. And, you know, by no means are you just – are you just stuck and, and mired into, you know, just small tracks? And, you know, you do very well river downs, turf racing, and on the bigger circuits, you, you know, you, you've lended some, uh, you've called in, you've lent us some time in with us, you know, which is always helpful because we know that, uh, I know for a fact, and I want others to definitely know, when you actually speak about a horse, you've looked it over, you've possibly looked at a replay, you've got a few notes, you, you've examined everything possible under the sun, Right. There's a lot of people, you know, they're coming in, they're looking at it for three and four minutes, and they're shooting from the hip, whereas you've looked at it for at least a half an hour, 20 minutes, maybe more, depending <laughs> on, you know, the race and the caliber there of the competition, and you really get the job done with that. James, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a little break away from just some handicapping here, just about the world of racing as a whole. You know, I've been reading a lot about, uh, you know, mistreatment of the animals, and, and, I, and I know that you're, you're kind of a, a very honest man and, and, and a man that, uh, that cares about the game, the, you know, the, uh, the true, true sp- the stars of the sport, the horses themselves. Right. In Ohio, there's a gentleman, I believe, Chad Moore. He's going to do a little six-month stint in, in, in jail boat. for the mistreatment of animals. I mean, your, your feelings on, uh, on folks like that, should we have thrown a heavier book at them? I, I believe that there will be in the future. Because, I mean, in these economic times, stuff is, stuff is really hard, but... At the same time, you can't use that as an excuse, which is why I kind of love what River's doing and what Turfway's doing with the surrender stalls, where if you can't afford to take care of these great animals, somebody will find a place for them so that way they're not mistreated. But the way that you can solve these problems is by throwing a heavier book at people. Like there was a story out recently about the kids that attacked the alpaca here in Ohio. I believe it was last week or so. And now they're trying to push for stiffer laws and making 
animal cruelty and stuff more of a felony than a misdemeanor around here. And so you're saying in time the game will actually place itself. And this is a starting point. As much as it brings us pain to actually see and know things of this nature, right. and in time that uh, the book will get heavier, the fines will get stiffer, people would just be banished from the game. Take Michael Gill, for instance. Right. He, le- he left the game. He came back, and under some, some crazy circumstances, he's now leaving the game again. You know, and now there's a lot of people that are about 50-50 on this. I mean, you have a very good friend, Deshaun Parker, yeah. actually a, a rider, and he would ride on, on a Penn National Circuit, or he would ride on Mountaineer where Michael Gill would be training. I mean, would you be worried about a, a man that's actually pushing his horses too far for your friend to be riding? Yes, I would be very concerned about that. I mean, it's, I don't know if it has more to do with him pushing his horses. I've heard stories about that, and I've heard stories about track service out there, but I think this issue lately is more about them pushing the horses, trying to get maybe that last paycheck before the year's over and stuff. But at the same time, the man's not really hurting for money either. As he said in one of his articles, he, Michael Gill took down about $3.1 million in purses from the Penn National area there over the years. So I don't know if it was just him pushing his horses too hard. But back to your original question, it does unnerve me to see people that I know up on these horses and you wonder, okay, are they going down now? Is this horse going to get injured mid-race? Is he going to get injured after the race like a couple did? It's just a little unnerving to watch sometimes. It never gets any easier, as many as we've watched. Anytime there's one that goes down, when you hear that big, oh, I mean, you know, it's, oh, you know, it's us. It's the, it's the real fans. Right, you even, feel the even air come out of the building. Oh, I mean, like the that people happens. that really care, I mean, it's different than watching just a flip of a card or, or you know, the roulette wheel spin or the, or the mindless VLT actually just going. Their moneymaker's just the same, but there's, there's just a certain pageantry and beauty and when they go down, I mean, it just, I don't think it'll ever get any easier no, it, than from the first time does. to the last time I ever see one. It never does. I mean, you learn as you work in the industry to not show it outwardly, but inwardly it still hits you just as hard when you see it today as when you saw it the first time if you were a kid, because I know you grew up at the track a lot like I did. and I mean, it still hits you in the gut whether it happened now or happens when you're five or six. You're right, and it actually stays with you, and, and, you, and you, you never forget it. Changing gears here, talking about thoroughbred racing, economic indicators, getting us from Joan Lawrence and NTRA, sitting here looking at a report, kid. February 2010 versus February 2009, 2010-869,807,000 wagered, February 2009 999,805,000 wagered. Wow. A huge difference. And that's wagered on U.S. races. Can you see and feel the big decline there? Over 13%. Right. And there's been a big decline in dates during that time, too. I don't know how much the weather has had to do with that. The late, Because, you know, a lot of places have lost dates due to weather conditions, whether it's heavy snow here in the Midwest or up east or rain as they've had out in California where they haven't been able to run at Santa Anita. So I think the lesser dates had something to do with that, but it's still not a good sign when you're off that much numbers-wise. You know, when, when you talked about dates, U.S. racing dates has been 644 to date mm-hmm. versus last year 735. 
Right. And that's a whole lot of races. That that's almost that's almost a hundred short. It has a lot to do with places. Bottom line, the less dates you run, I guess they feel the less money you have to lose at that instance. Talking about tracks, what they're doing, Kentucky House passes an account wagering tax, half percent tax made on all wagers. Kentucky residents to account wagering operations on Kentucky races. It's going to raise about four hundred thousand dollars annually. Right. Say if you're betting on, we'll just say Brisnet. We'll just say TVG. Well, it doesn't matter. You're already paying 17% on a takeout for win place and show and 19% on exotics. Right. But now they're adding another half percent tax. Do you think real players are actually going to take notice of this? Yeah, I think it's actually going to drive, if they can, drive more big players as well as small players offshore to where they can get rebates and stuff. It's going to push more people out of the statewide mutual pools and push them offshore. and That's not a good thing for the business. No, it's not, because actually their money does not go into the, the paramutual pool, and they can rebate them sometimes 8 to 10%. Right. Because actually they're, they're booking the wager. They're booking the wager, and they're able to take care of their players with 8, per, eight to 10% rebate. With, with some of your big whale players, it's, it's even higher, 12 to 15% of their wagers back to them. You're right. It, it's chasing them all short. They're going to find a way to get their bet on. Right. We might as well just try to keep it in the game. Exactly. In the parimutuel pool. When you actually see that, because there's taxes, there's jobs, there's, it's the way that the game pays for itself, the purses. Exactly. The horses run. It, it, it's all predicated on the pools. Right. I've heard people complain in the past that management at the different tracks and stuff don't understand that the players are the ones that are fitting the bill for what goes on as far as purses and everything. The money that's bet is what is what fits the bill. And as you keep taxing people more and more, you're just going to eventually drive them away. It only makes sense. And but then hey, back to Kentucky here. They passed that. And then a racetrack gaming bill introduced in Kentucky. Harry Moberly filed a bill to allow, filed, filed a bill, mm-hmm. allow electronic games a skill, similar to Ohio, I would say. Right. Bill 601 would permit racetracks to operate games such as video poker, blackjack, and other games a skill, Moberly said, that might be more acceptable than the slots at racetracks proposed by Governor Steve Bashir. What do you think about this? It's interesting. Everybody's trying to find a way to kind of get around the little laws just a little bit so that way they can benefit their state and at the same time try to benefit racing. As you and I talked about earlier, in this provision, there's nothing actually for the tracks. There's money that goes to the purses, money that goes to the state, money that goes to breeding, but as far as for the tracks, for hiring people and employing people, there's nothing that goes directly to them. You know, we allude to a lot, and and I do personally with – with other guests and, uh, and just in general, about Ohio, Kentucky. There are not two states in the entire United States that are at such odds for neediness, but yet so closely placed together. Right. And, 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 and I keep bringing this up. People say, well, it's probably because he's from Kentucky and he works. And all. No. Yeah. It's because if you, you cannot pick any other two states out that are fist-fighting this out, and they're trying their best. They're not fist fighting with each other. Right. They're fist fighting to actually stay afloat. I mean, t- take Ohio. I mean, do you think VLTs will ever become come to fruition? I honestly think they will, whether it goes 
to a vote of the people in November or whether the legislature can go ahead and legalize it, I think eventually VLTs will come to Ohio. Kentucky might be a different story. But as far as Ohio goes, I think to save jobs and to eventually uh, help with the taxes and the holes in the budget and all that here in Ohio, I believe VLTs will be here sooner rather than later. It's just a matter of time, I believe, on that. You know, the thing that bothers me, James, is, you know, hooray for Ohio, and I hope that it does happen. But also, industry-wide, another state suffers. Right. That means job loss, tax revenues lost, people were displaced, horsemen, trainers, owners, out of the game, and they're going to have to reshuffle and go somewhere else. Right. It drives folks that make a living off of Ellis and, and Turfway, they have to go elsewhere to find work. There's a lot of folks doing that now with no VLTs in Ohio or Kentucky. You see a lot more barns that would have been running at Turfway during the winter. You see them now at the fairgrounds. You see them down at Gulfstream now at Tampa. They flee because of the better purses and the better opportunities. Something needs to be done around these parts. Yes, in fact, and it better happen post-haste. Yes, sir. I'm going to put your feet to the fire because this is the part that I love the most when we chat. It's called The Cincinnati Kid. And, you know, that is a Steve McQueen movie, is it not? The Cincinnati Kid. The poker player, The Cincinnati Kid. Yes, sir. Yeah. Every time I think of it, when I hear about it, I, I, I can still see that, that poster. You'll see it in, uh, in bars or restaurants, Cincinnati Kid, and I always think about you whenever I see it. But when actually I call upon you for, for selections, I always know that these have been thought out and they've been weighed out. And anybody out there listening, I would say write these down in pen. James, the floor is yours. All right, we're going to start with race number four at Aqueduct on Saturday. It's the running of the Toboggan Stakes at grade three, going six furlongs is for older horses. I took the one on the rail, custom for Carlos here. Julian Le Peru comes up from Florida to ride this one for Eddie Keneally. He's just been on a roll in his last two starts, including a win in the Mr. Prospector grade three down at Gulfstream. He's been firing solid works, including a bullet back on February 27th at Palm Meadows. He went five-eighths in a minute and a fifth, which I believe is pretty quick over that surface down there. Like I said, Le Peru comes up to ride this one. Nine to five on the morning line. You might not get that price because there's some decent runners in here. So I'm hoping he drifts up to maybe five to two, three to one, and gives you some value in the toboggan stakes. If he does, we're both getting rich because I love custom for Carlos. And you're right. When you work heavily at Palmetto's on a fast, it's a little deeper. It's more relaxed. Eddie Keneally knows what he's doing. If you go back, what, five races ago, you see – that he had this four-year-old colt running against Quality Road Captain Candyman. Those are no slouches, are the kid. Right. He's also got a race against Munnings, who's oh, a yes. nice, great at stakes runner. He's ran up against Big Drama, and this one's for Phil. He's really had some tough ones in front of him and behind him, so he's pretty much seasoned for this spot. I look for him to run big. Le Peru doesn't come to New York for anything. Oh. All right, that's one in the books. Kid, where do we go? All right, we go to race 10 at Aqueduct on the same day as the running of the Gotham. One of the derby preps here, I think this one leads into the Wood Memorial, if I'm not mistaken. But they go a mile and a 16th on the inner track there. I don't know if this is a typo in the morning line or not, but I'm seeing the six peppy nose at 10 to 1 off of a victory in the world away. Please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but he's 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Big Leori on him. 
you know, Migliori is aboard. That was the whirlaway is when 85 and uh, – is it uh, 85 and a 50? Actually uh, lost it, uh, broke his bit and uh, bolted to the outside. He was the overwhelming favorite. Right. And uh, Pebby Nose won that race. It, but they gave him a 10 to 1 on the morning line right now after that nice effort. I mean, he's had a couple of decent work since that run, so I think he should be fresh, including working a mile last week over at Penn National. I like that Migliori is going to stay aboard here. If you can get 10 to 1, run to the windows with both hands full. <laughs> run against second against Buddy Sane, who's on the, uh, was on the Derby Trail here. And, uh, you know, I guess this is the acid test if Pepe knows is the real deal or uh, if that was the day that 85 and a 50, uh, you know, bolts to the outside rail. Uh, Pepe knows was right there. And as soon as, uh, you know, the big favorite, you know, just kind of, jump the outside rail and had to have some few, few stitches. Maybe right. Pepe Nose lights him up in a 10-to-1. We shall soon find out. Kid, where do we go from there? All right, and my last selection for you, we go to Santa Anita on Saturday. We go to the big cap here, the uh, Santa Anita handicap going a mile and a quarter. I went with the six in this race, Lupe Brayton. Garrett Gomez stays aboard here for Julio Canani. This horse has been just lights out since he's come to the state series here. Two wins in a second. One of those wins at a mile and a quarter on the turf at Santa Anita. He moves over to the all-weather, which I don't think he'll have a problem with. He's had some great. He's faced some great competition over in Europe, running races in France as well as England, and he's even got an appearance in Hong Kong, running a nice sixth there in a Grade One back in December of '08. I think he's just primed for this spot here. Like I said, you get Garrett Gomez aboard. He's got a nice work over the Santa Anita Oval back on March 1st. He's going to be ready to fire. Let's look for a good price out of Lupe Brayton, Garrett Gomez in the big cap. You know, Kanani, uh, I mean, he does very well. 24% winner on the all-weather surface. And what a character indeed he is. I mean, you know, if you ever get bored around Julio Kanani, I don't think you're yeah. really watching the races at all. Right. James? On behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us, to handicap with us, to talk horses, to talk racing with us. And we thoroughly have enjoyed having you on as our special guest of the week. We're going to do it again for sure as oh, we uh, draw closer, if, if you'd be so kind. Oh, I'd love it, sir. And, and, in fact, we will do it. James, tell everybody to say hello, and we'll be talking soon, my friend. We'll see you in the winter circle. All right. I'll see you, Eddie. Thanks a lot. Thank you, James. James Williams, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Kid, joining us, talking about racing, talking about horses, and I sure hope you wrote his picks down because they're definitely worth putting in pen. Well, it's time to head out to a break, and when we return, we're going to be talking some news from around the world of racing, and then final furlong handicapping with yours truly here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. 
what? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us. Hope you got James Williams, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Kid, joining us handicapping, talking about the world of racing. Very insightful. One of racing's good guys, as I've alluded to many times, because I haven't met very many bad ones. Thanks a lot, James. Really appreciate it. All right, let's do some news from around the great world of racing, then we're going to go right into handicapping. We're going to go straight on through here. Don't forget, pool number two of the Kentucky Derby wager opens Friday noon and closes Sunday evening, coinciding with the Kentucky Oaks future wager of the year. This is really nice. I, I, I really like the, the object of playing on this. And then if you're marking your calendar, Derby pool three is set for March 26th through 28th. You're going to see some real big races then. As we start rolling through, this is where you start picking up your odds. Pool number one is close. This is pool two. It's already hard to believe. We are two pools into it. Keeneland Racecourse on Tuesday begins selling $50 mission passes. are good for spring and fall meets, marking for the first time. The Lexington, Kentucky track has offered its annual pass. Daily missions, 5 bucks. If you're going to be there, what a, what a price. What a bargain. If you've ever been to Keeneland, you would know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, put it on your bucket list of places to be. Speaking about places to be, a little racing to history here. 
milestones in history. March 6, 1965, Jockey Early Fires rides his first winner. 1965, he amassed nearly 600,000 in purses during title of champion apprentice jockey that year. March 6, 1988, Julie Crone became the winningest female jockey in racing in history, winning the 1,205 race of her career aboard a filly named Squatter in the ninth at Aqueduct. March 9, 1977, Seattle Slough made his three-year-old debut at Hialeah, won a seven-furlong race, breaking the track record. March 10, 93, age 41, Eddie Delahousie earns his 5,000th career win aboard Ackler in the fifth at Santa Anita. He was the 14th rider in North America to reach that plateau. March 11, 43, after siring 350 foals to won $3 million, 26-year-old man of war was retired from stud duty. March 12, 1966, the last race of his 40 career, John Longdon won the San Juan Capistrano Handicap at Santa Anita Park aboard George Royal. Retired with then record number of victories, 6,032. Incredible. Then I wrap it up with March 14th, 41. Merrick died at age 38, established the longevity record for a thoroughbred. Now, these are only good for Jeopardy and for your entertainment, but it's still a whole lot of neat information out there on what has happened past and present. Speaking about present, Dustin Hoffman to star in HBO's Luck. Oscar winner cast lead in horse racing series. Dustin Hoffman is topping the new David Mills series Luck. He's been cast in the HBO scheme that centers on several eclectic personalities who ply their trade on the horse racing circuit. Hoffman will portray a man in his late 60s just released from four years in prison, intelligent and deeply involved in gambling. Last week, Dennis Farina was cast in the series as Hoffman's character's driver and companion. Luck coming to HBO. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I mean, they have really put on some really cool dramas there. Lentinor and Interactive have dirt on the radar. Saturday's Grade 3 Palm Beach Stakes looks like a perfect spot for the proven turf horses, such as Lentinor and Interactive. Instead, their trainers decided to pass the race and wait for different spots and perhaps a surface switch for the talented three-year-olds. Barbara's full brother Lentinor was impressive maiden winner on the turf in the meet before finishing second under entry-level allowance conditions. Something to look forward to there. Lentinor, Interactive. They got dirt on the mind. Dirty minds. Stronic. No surf changes. No surface changes in the surf area. In reversal of the January announcement that the ProRide surface will be replaced at the conclusion of the winter meet, Santa Anita will keep the surface in place for the time being. Frank Stronach, the chairman of the two companies that control the track, said on Sunday, under current business conditions, Stronach said he's not willing to approve a track surface project estimated to cost $8 million to $10 million. I'm not going to put the money in unless I see the whole structure does not work. Got a little something here for you. This might just be me, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Next time you see Stronic, see him in a picture. I want you to take a really good look at him. I think he's really Hannibal Lecter. I'm pretty sure he is. This guy I thought was really going to change the face of racing. It seems like everything he's touched is went to the anti-Midas way. 
It's just falling apart. He doesn't like synthetics. Never liked it, but he got legislated by the government to put it in. He's a great businessman, but horse racing has just not been the same when Stronic's hand touches. But he's a great businessman. Just a great businessman. Just the racing game has not been kind. Big hit in the big cap from the Daily Racing Forum. Apparently every other barn of Santa Anita imagines its horse can win the grade one Santa Anita handicap. A full field of 14 plus also eligibles is shaping up a rare circumstance in Southern California. The prospect of cashing a giant exact trifecta and superfactor as a result of a single superior act of in-depth handicapping is rarely as palpable, but one that prepared to make the bonanza bet of the season. They're telling you to buckle down because this one could pay big. Handicappers excited by the size of the field will be less excited to know that none of the 14 is a multiple grade one winner. Only one qualifies as an authentic mile and a quarter horse. None appears among the country's top ten older males. Wow. We're going to be talking about the big cap here coming up here shortly. Bloodhorse.com. Run down their top ten. Number one is Escondera, Todd Pletcher's horse. The two, looking at Lucky Bob Baffert. The three, Dublin, Dwayne Lucas. The four, Kara Cortado, Mike Mikowski. The five, Super Saver, Todd Pletcher. My goodness, is he loaded. I'll tell you, I mean, he is just really, really loaded for bear. Seven, Rule, Todd Pletcher. Again, the eight, David Dixie, John Sadler. The nine, Odysseus, Tom Abitrani. The ten, Conveyance, Bob Everett. The eleven, Noble's Promise, Ken McPeak. And when I threw the eleven in there, it's because I left out the six. Throw him up in there. Noble's Promise, Kenny McPeak. That's where I jumped down there. As I was talking about the Todd squad, kind of got all excited, kind of got flustered. Doesn't happen often, but it happened to me right there. All right, let's do some handicapping for the Saturday because the kid already started, and we must continue on with what the Cincinnati kid actually started out with us for. Third race at Aqueduct on Saturday is the Freddy Capacella $65,000 handicap, inner dirt, still inner dirt. When they start breaking to the outside on the main track, that's when you know spring has actually arrived the heck with the date. It's when they actually move to the outside track. That's what race trackers go with. In here, I kind of dilly dally because I, I just like the one. Westover Wildcat, he's two to five. Ramon Dominguez. You're not going to be able to get win money on this one, but you're going to have to buckle down with exact tries, pick threes, races three through five, daily double wagers. Westover Wildcat, two to five. Ramon Dominguez, who's winning 29%, who was our guest last week. For Anthony Dutro winning 27%, 4 for 5 lifetime, this 3-year-old Colt by Forrest Wildcat. Just ran a middle move in the spectacular bid, $100,000 race at Gulfstream over the sloppy sealed surface, bobbled at the start and gave way. You can really find very little wrong with this 3-year-old Colt. And Dutro in non-graded stakes wins 25% of the time. I, I really... Really like this guy here, but I, I'm going to use Westover Wildcat with the five listing. Richard Migliori and Kier McLaughlin. Kier McLaughlin also been a guest, so I'm going to use a one-five and a Freddie Cabasello. Fourth race, I agree with the kid. Custom for Carlos, Julian Lay, Peru, and Eddie Keneally. I believe he touched on it, and I'm just going to say ditto. 
Tenth race at Aqueduct is the Gotham Grade 3, $250,000 up for grabs. I go with number one, three-day rush. Fernando Hara and Todd Pletcher, they team up together. This one looks really good to me. Though out the last race, carried out on the first turn in the world way by 85 and a 50, and I think three-day rush, the kid likes the other one. I like three-day rush on the rail with Fernando Hara. David Cohen and Fernando Hara, big change there. Fifth race at Gulfstream, a mile and eighth on the turf. And in here, you know, I, I kind of was beating myself up, but I ended up with Eden Storm with Jesus Castanon and Dale Romans, two for three in the money at Gulfstream. Got to like that. Needed more gas last time out. Switches from Christophe Clement to Dale Romans, who's doing very, very well. Turf starts, he's 40% of the money. I like Eden Storm in the fifth at Gulfstream. Seventh at Gulfstream, it is Here Comes the Bride. And in here, coming down the aisle, I like upper line, J.J. Castellano for Michael Stidham here. Blinkers on and a bullet work. Once again, blinkers on and a bullet work. This is a big play for me. Upper line in the seventh race at Gulfstream. And, you know, there's some other races at Gulfstream that kind of caught my eye, but it just doesn't do me justice. But I jump out to Sanita in the eighth race. And I go with the five. That is blind luck. You're not going to get much of a price. You're going to have to stretch out on this gal. Once again, exactus try, superfectus. The eighth race, the Frank Kilroe Mile. In here at the ninth race at Santa Anita. I love Proviso with Mike Smith and Billy Mott teaming up. And then in the big cap, the kid gave you his horse. I give you mine. I give you St. Trinian's, Joel Rosario, and Mike Mitchell. Three for three. We got a... A mare for the course right here, just looking really good. This will be five in a row for St. Trinian's in the big cap on Saturday. Well, there it is. You've heard it all. And time flies when you're definitely talking about the Sport of Kings, and it has this week as well as it does each and every week. Winning Ponies would like to thank James Williams, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Kid, for taking time out of his schedule to join us as our special guest, and you for tuning in. So until we meet again next week, may your winners be many. And your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.